In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about Elaine, baby, cracking the egg conundrum, Franken toys, and the need to close the curtains and day drink. In our discussion of Maeve Fly by C.J. Lee. Everybody. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult, and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Mayfly by C.J. Lead. Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or maybe if this book is a little too much for you and you need a lighter version of it, and you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen. (laughs) I keep saying, every time I hear the word discuss, I'm like, discuss. With air quotes, because I don't know how to. I know. If we're ever... If we're ever going to get, like, dinged for being not appropriate for listeners, it's it's going to be this one. Yeah. this it kind of, I feel like it needs that little... Is it the E for explicit? And that's not just language. Yeah. Mum, I don't know if you should listen to this one. You certainly shouldn't listen to the book. (laughs) No. (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) Right, background info. I feel like we're giving too much away. (laughs) I feel like we are. I feel like we are. Okay. Okay, so the background info. Yes. I read an interview on volume1brooklyn.com. And they say, the dynamic between Maeve and Gideon goes to some thoroughly unsettling places over the course of the book. And then they ask, have you ever written something that left you unsettled? (laughs) The response is amazing. Okay. I had to close the curtains and day drink to write most of this book. (gasps) Hang on. Hold on. No, stop. Stop. How does CJ Lead get the permission to close the curtains and day drink to to write the book? Why weren't we given permission to close the curtains and day drink to listen to the book? (laughs) Maybe that that should be our, like, our advice before. PSA. If you are legal... You are able, and you want to. So close the curtains and day drink whilst listening or reading. Anyway, she goes on to say, It's disgusting! (laughs) (laughs) In particular, the tour bus scene and one basement scene really upset me. I will admit I felt a sort of stain on my skin during and after writing this book, and a lot of uncertainty as to what it might mean to put that kind of content into the world. 
but Amanda, ultimately you're supposed to be giving us background information not our thoughts <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately it was the story she felt she had to write in that time okay a lot of gruesome stories exist in the world and it all keeps turning But it's a curious moment when your art upsets you, and I can't help but feel there's something to be honored in that, even with the discomfort. Maybe especially with it. Oh my god, yes. So I'm I'm glad that we're honoring we're honoring CJ Lead in our facial expressions. Yeah. And yeah. are just extreme, like, disgust. I mean, I, it, it's, it, it, that is a perfect background. It's exactly, as the writer, but then as a reader, and getting that same sort of feeling, I mean, it sort of left a stain on my skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, yeah. when I was like, you felt, I feel like kind of you wash afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, this book was an absolutely wild trip. I remember yeah. finishing it and saying, I finished Mayfly because you finished it first. Yes. And you were like, and I was like, <laughs> that was a trip. I, I do not know how I'm going to talk about this, but that was a trip. Yeah. It was an experience. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Yes. But I, we need to <laughs> we need to get through we need to get through the summary first. Did you have any initial thoughts other than It was an absolute fecking wild trip. That's it. That's it. The end. Yeah. Please see all of the comments already mentioned. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just I just want to say this book is bonkers. <laughs> Understatement. But I really enjoyed it, and then I oh yeah question myself for liking no, this I'm not, book I'm not, so much. I'm not question. I'm not questioning myself for enjoying it because, like CJ Lead said in the world, there's a lot worse in the world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we were reading a work of fiction. Yes. And it's not like we were reading like a true crime thing. Right. Yes. And taking enjoyment from actual bad things that have had to actual yeah. people. Yeah. There's no, a there's the, a heck of a difference. The bad stuff most of the bad stuff in this book happened to people who deserved it. Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch. Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch. Sometimes no. Don't finish it's it. It's got to be a little bit worse. Don't, yeah. And we'll get to that. But I feel like we should just preface this episode with the summary. The, the sexual violence has been toned down. So if you read this book after listening to the episode, just get ready. Because... It's much darker and much more violent in real life. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come... I mean, I listened to the audiobook and there wasn't a trigger warning at the beginning. But there could be... Are you sure? I can't remember. I feel like there was. 
It may have been. I don't remember one, but if you're going to listen to it or read it afterwards, like Amanda says, it's absolutely bonkers and it's a lot more graphic. So just be careful. Curate your own reading. Oh, no, it's just the quotes at the beginning that I was thinking of. There we go. My kind of debauchery soils not only my body and my thoughts, but also the vast starry universe, which merely serves as a backdrop. So, debauchery. Okay, so let's get started. Yeah. Maeve Fly works in the happiest place in the world. One might think this makes her a joyful and delightfully kind human being. One would be wrong. (laughs) Maeve believes that you don't need a noble story to do what you want, and you don't have to be a victim to become a monster because life is meaningless. Maeve and her co-worker Kate are the ice queen and princess of one of the more popular animated princess movies of the past decade, and as they sit with children in their laps getting photos taken, Kate's nose bleeds from a hangover, and the kid in her lap is about to grab her boobs. (laughs) Maeve is all for this tiny act of evil and debauchery, and the kid knows it. It's so good. A wink. Go for it, kid. In real life, don't. Please don't. don't. No. Please don't. Well, later in the Bearcat room, other princesses, Cinderella and Snow White, are also there. Liz, the princess manager, who isn't a princess anymore because her boobs got way too big and voluptuous, comes in. Liz hates that she can't be a princess anymore because of her great big boobs. And Maeve can't stand her because she's the most basic thing anyone in the world can be. A victim. Ugh. Liz loves her job, though, even though now she's a fur character. But she just loves the park and everything it stands for. Liz starts to reprimand Maeve and Kate, but they just ignore her and talk about going to a party later. But Maeve doesn't really want to go. Kate wants Maeve to meet her brother who just moved to town and Maeve knows this but she's been a bit preoccupied lately. Maeve walks home later to the house she shares with her grandmother Tallulah who used to be a Hollywood starlet. She and her grandmother look almost exactly alike and they're alike in other ways too. Though not so much anymore now, because Tallulah is wasting away in a coma. Hilda, Tallulah's nurse, has just gone home for the evening, and Maeve spends some time remembering the first night she arrived to live with her grandmother, after things went poorly with her parents. She murdered them, right? I think so. Okay, She remembers... (laughs) She and her grandmother sitting in a fancy restaurant, and Tallulah asking her to look around and tell her what she sees. Humans trying too hard. Tallulah agrees. They're both wolves amongst the sheep. Now, though, Tallulah is dying. Her cat, 
Lester, the cat, is trying to get her attention, though it does no good. Oh, great, I've got this. (laughs) (laughs) It gets wild in the first 20 minutes of the audiobook. It's amazing. Before meeting up with Kit for the party, Maeve decides to put on a porno and watch a wolf hunting a rabbit on YouTube and listen to Billie Holiday all simultaneously while pleasuring herself. During this, she's a she's great an multitasker. Multitasker, yes. <laughs> this is a prime example of multitasking. She opens a social media app on her phone and using a fake account that is pro-American, chats with one of her friends. Maeve, as Trixie Kruger, chats with Susan Parker about how much they hate illegals in their upper-class neighbourhoods and how they wish they could round them all up and burn them. Charming. (laughs) When Susan suggests she thinks this is a good idea, Trixie hints that she's a member of a group that is definitely the KKK, without saying that, and they would take care of those people if Susan wanted her to tell them to. She says she does. Mia then screenshots their entire conversation and shares it on Reddit, <laughs> immediately ruining Susan's life. <laughs> and she comes. <laughs> Violently. Violently. Oh, wow. Later, as Maeve travels to the party down Sunset Strip that she is intimately familiar with, she encounters something new and different. A creepy fucking doll made by affixing a regular creepy doll's head that is bald and missing an eyelid to the body of an alligator toy with blood and tied up with a strand of human hair. And the Patreon viewers can exactly see this. Thanks, Amanda, for being all craftsy. (laughs) It's perfect and terrifying. Maeve knows that someone who might be like her has left this thing, and she doesn't like it. But she's mesmerized by it, and thinks that it's somehow going to ruin her life. She continues thinking about it as she arrives at the party that's in a strip club. Kate is there with a movie director, and Gideon, her brother, a pro hockey player, who has just moved from New York. When Kate and the director sneak off to the bathroom, Kate trying desperately, and in the best way she knows how to get her big break, Maeve fondly remembers the day they started their princess jobs, and how they were both weird and a little creepy and not like anyone else in the room. Then she has a semi-unsettling conversation with Gideon, where she realizes he's not a perfectly perfect golden boy like she thought he would be, and as they make eye contact, there's an earthquake. The next day, Maeve goes to work and walks in the hidden tunnels under the park, thinking about the dark secrets that lurk there and that not many people know about it. She loves it. When she arrives in the break room with some of the other princesses and Liz, Liz announces that they have a new supervisor, Andre, and introduces him. Andre asks to speak with Maeve and Kate, and Maeve has a feeling that the bitchy princesses, Cinderella and Snow White, have complained about her and Kate, and now they're getting into trouble. Nope! Andre praises them and congratulates them on being raved about in Yelp reviews. He asks them about Liz, and Maeve says she does a good job, which surprises Kate, but then they leave, and Kate makes a remark to Liz that insinuates that they know Liz is sleeping with Andre. 
On her way home, Maeve thinks about the creepy fucking doll again. But it's gone now. And then she remembers the first day that she lived with her grandmother. They rode a tour bus around town, basically thinking they're better than everyone else and that they can destroy any of the people they see if they want to. This is implied, of course, but Tallulah knew that she and Maeve were the same, so she decided to share the town with her granddaughter. Tallulah is not the same person she used to be now that she's in a coma, but then Maeve gets a call from Kate about going to another party. So she reluctantly agrees to go. I'm tired by all these parties and there's only been Me like too. two. I'm, I am <laughs> just pleased that you get the really good paragraphs so far. <laughs> it's normally me I normally get the worst ones <laughs> this is an engagement party and Kate has already gone off to sleep her way to the top with the director leaving Maeve on her own in a room full of strangers Ugh. Maeve gets stuck talking to a guy about how he met his girlfriend a proctologist which leads Maeve to being forced to watch videos the guy and his buddy share of them actively pooping <laughs> why, Luckily, would, why would you think that's okay to share I, with a stranger it's LA darling it's LA Luckily, Gideon arrives then, giving Maeve the opportunity to pretend like she was about to show the poop video guy a video of her botched experimental caesarean and eating a placenta, which creeps the couple out enough for them to move on. Gideon immediately joins in on the joke and talks about eating placentas and lasagna and chilli, but then there's another earthquake and Maeve falls, drops a book she always has with her and grabs onto Gideon's junk for support. (laughs) All she wants to do now is go back home by herself, target a new person on social media, and watch porn and Beetlejuice. <laughs> I feel like we should be going, same love, same, but n- n- not quite. But Gideon wants to give her a ride. Yeah, he does. Maeve is pretty sure the creepy doll is responsible for the terrible things happening to her lately. Gideon hands Maeve her book back and her phone, and then she accepts a ride from him, but he uses it to rile her up. He tells her they're the same. She just doesn't see it. (laughs) No one is like her. Maeve goes to her favorite bar later that is ever only inhabited by the bartender, unnamed, and someone who might be Johnny Depp. But Maeve doesn't know for sure. LA darling. (laughs) At this bar, which Maeve visits twice a week, every week at the same time every time the bartender always plays her favorite music halloween music and there's a jar of teeth on the counter and did everybody else think hey that's amanda's bar (laughs) is amanda the indian bartender while drinking her usual a pina colada she thinks again of her grandmother after feeling unspeakable rage at being unable to put an egg in her asshole. (laughs) This happens in the book that she loves and carries with her everywhere, and she realizes that Gideon may have seen her extensive notes on this very subject when he picked it up after the earthquake. 
Tallulah saw Maeve filled with rage once after she threw a lamp at an actor, and she sat her down and told her she could never let that rage be visible to anyone ever again. She has to learn to pretend. She has to be a wolf amongst the monkeys. Sound advice. Maeve runs into Gideon again a little later after she leaves a standing date she keeps with an unnamed director who requires her to relieve herself into his mouth. That's such a nice way of saying she poops and wheeze on him. Into his open mouth. It's just not hygienic. It's really not. It's really unhygienic. I told I you. Like I told you I toned it down though. I know, but sometimes it's nice to say poop and wee. <laughs> Maeve is tired of having to do this with this director once a month and she thinks of stabbing him with a letter opener but decides against it. She stares out the window and sees Gideon swimming in a pool. Maeve and the director have breakfast out by the pool and Maeve wants to avoid Gideon, but of course he comes up to her. He seems to be at the pool with an actress, but all his attention is focused on Maeve, who he starts talking to about egg predicament. <laughs> so yes, he did read that in her book. He bought his own copy and he tells her he thinks he's figured it out and that they should try it because they should, would definitely have sex with each other. Maeve disagrees, but is intrigued at his egg thoughts. <laughs> When Maeve returns home, she finds that Hilda is still at the house. Hilda tells Maeve that it's time to let her grandmother die, but Maeve is in denial. She doesn't want her grandmother to die, so before letting Hilda call the doctor and begin the process of removing Tallulah from her life support, she asks her for help getting something out of the cellar. No one is supposed to go to the cellar, but they do. When they arrive, Hilda is terrified of what she sees there, which turns out to be lots of murder weapons and several corpses. But she's not scared for long. Maeve grabs a prop mace from the wall and smashes it into Hilda's skull. Maeve then begins the long and arduous process of hacking the body up and then stripping the flesh from the bones, which she does using chemicals and a slow cooker. After she's done, she hangs the bones up around the house as Halloween decorations, then finishes the rest of the decorating using non-human accessories, you know, like spider webs and twinkle lights. <laughs> this is Maeve's third kill. While she's decorating, two police officers stop by. They alert that Maeve called the hospice company and told them Hilda never made it to work that day, so they've come to check. He admired Maeve's decorations and she tells them that hopefully Hilda will show up for work the next day and she'll call them if she does. Instead, she calls the hospice agency and tells them she switched to another agency. Oh, which she has not. They agree to send Maeve all the pertinent information that she can then pass on to the other agency about Taluna's treatments, which now Maeve will take on her own. Maeve is pretty stressed for a little while and can only think about Hilda telling her it's time for her grandmother to die, so she needs a distraction. She checks on Susan Parker, who has been completely eviscerated online, good, and then decides to call Kate. In her phone, she sees a new contact, Kate's hot brother. But she didn't put that in there. Ugh, Gideon. 
But wait, he could be a great distraction. When she calls, he sounds out of breath, which she assumes is because he's doing athlete bro type things. But she still decides to accept his sexual offer. Unfortunately, a little bit later, Maeve finds Lester the cat in a puddle of blood. It seems, after freaking out and taking him to the vet, that Lester the cat ate one of Hilda's finger bones. (laughs) He has to have surgery, but the vet assures Maeve everything's going to be fine, and she even gets to keep the finger. Ooh, nice! I don't think that... I don't think that they would do that. Oh. I don't think it's legal to have human bones. Yeah, I don't know. It's L.A., baby. It's L.A., baby. (laughs) Darling, it's L.A. Kate comes to pick Maeve up later, and they go to watch Gideon in a practice hockey session, which ends with Gideon getting punched in the face and beating up a bunch of other bros. It's very enticing to me. After practice, Kate gets the call of her lifetime. While she's away talking about the new movie she's been cast in, an actual real-life real movie, not like an indie or a B-movie, Gideon and Maeve talk. They're both pretty upset at what they know Kate has done and will continue to do to maintain this role. And after she leaves to be with the director, Derek, Gideon takes Maeve out on the ice. He wants her to let loose her rage that he knows dwells within her on a hockey puck, which she does. And then they have sex right then and there on the ice. It ends with Maeve reaching into Gideon's mouth and pulling out the tooth that was knocked loose during his earlier fight. He doesn't seem to mind it at all. Maeve goes to her bar with the bartender and Johnny Depp a few days later, still delightfully <laughs> sore from her ice capades with Gideon. She's fretting over treating her grandmother and feels as though she has violated her. She messed up her feeding tube and had to call the hospital for help. Things aren't going so well, but at least Tallulah is still alive. While drinking her pina coladas, Maeve gets a text from Gideon inviting her to a rematch, which she accepts. Then she feels someone watching her and turns to find a new creepy fucking doll, this one made with a squirrel toy body and human fingernails as teeth in the doll head's mouth, again tied up with human hair and glued with blood, and she loves it. She asks the bartender who else has been there, but he doesn't answer. Because I'm pretty sure he's not real. <laughs> Maeve meets up with Gideon at, the, at a bar. She sees an advertisement for a band that will be playing soon that uses an image of her grandmother for their poster, which makes Maeve crazy with anger. But then the sexy bartender keeps looking at her and Gideon while mixing drinks, and Maeve gets an idea for later. For now, she tells Gideon the story of Jack of the Lantern and includes a deal with the devil and and is how jack-o'-lanterns came to be. Maeve seriously loves Halloween because that's the one night where people truly embrace the darkness. Later, drunk, Maeve, Gideon and the bartender go back to Gideon's house. The evening is full of sexual torture for the bartender, which doesn't face Gideon at all, and ends with Maeve, Gideon and the eggs, soft-boiled, in a room full of creepy Halloween decorations. Excellent. (laughs) They've cracked the egg conundrum. They 
cracked it in more ways than one. Oh, yeah. Time passes, and Maeve struggles with caring for Tallulah, but she also enjoys all the Halloween decorations and music and being with Gideon and the countless people they have sex with in many random places, including the secret tunnels under the theme park. One night, they have sex in a cemetery, and he tells her he loves being here. Maeve also goes to the mall with Kate and remembers times when she thought that Kate actually saw who she was deep down, a devouring wolf, and remained her friend. While they're at the mall, it seems like a girl is watching them, but Kate ignores it. She also ignores the fact that Maeve can definitely see all the bruises all over her from Derek. She even ignores the woman who trips, scooting around them on the escalator, her skirt and hair getting caught in the mechanism and ripping from her body. They go by sheets. Priorities. (laughs) Just like step over. You know, that lady did call them cunts, so. I mean, to be fair, it's a little baby. Sometimes you gotta escalator a bitch. Sometimes you gotta escalator a bitch. After they part ways, Maeve sees the girl who was following them earlier, and it seems she's still following Maeve. Maeve takes off running after her and spots another creepy fucking doll along the way. She looses the girl in the chase, but knows for certain she is the person leaving the dolls. The most recent one has two heads and a monkey body. Luckily, as she stands there, freaking out a little bit, Kitchen calls. They get together and have lots of sex in the Halloween torture room. As they lie together, Gideon tells Mia that she's not alone, and if only for this moment, she believes him. Maeve wakes really late and really hungover the next day to a ton of missed alarms, calls, and texts. Her grandmother has missed her medication doses, so she rushes home to try to take care of her. She's still alive, but has bed sores, and Maeve feels terrible about it. She texts Liz that she's very ill and won't be in, then decides she's got to get her priorities back in order. She texts Kate an apology and texts Gideon that what they're doing is a mistake and to not contact her or try to get her to change her mind. Maeve goes to work early the next day with plans to apologise, but is fired instead. Liz followed her and Gideon the night that they had sex in the tunnels and recorded it. Gross, Liz. Liz is a perv. Liz fires her in a really unprofessional way and Andre is there with her and they're obviously in a relationship. He disapproves of how Liz is handling things but doesn't do anything to stop her. She tries to fire Kate as well but then she quits instead. She's a big time movie actress now after all. It's LA baby. After they leave, Kate asks Maeve if she missed work because she was with Gideon and she says she was but she's ended things with him now because he's too good for her. Kate just bumps Maeve's shoulder and leaves. Maeve has a feeling that their relationship is irreparably damaged. (sighs) Maeve goes back home and sits with her grandmother. She hopes Gideon will contact her, but he doesn't. She finally speaks to her grandmother for the first time since she fell ill and basically begs her to come back because she needs her, but she's not gonna. Sorry. Maeve then loses her shit even more than usual. She goes to her room, screaming and crying. She used to look to books for comfort and knowledge, but now she throws them from her bookshelf until one catches her eye. 
and inspires her. It's American Psycho. Don't be ah. inspired by that one. Ah. Fuck. Ooh. That's going to lead a certain direction. No. Maeve drives to the theme park for its Halloween event that is full of villains. But she goes dressed as Cinderella, having snuck in and stolen her dress. She finds Liz and Andrea walking around, all in love in their matching mouse ear headbands, and follows them. She also encounters a little girl dressed as a mermaid and tells her the true little mermaid story that ends in violent death. Then she sees Susan Parker. Life totally not ruined after all. She fucking hates it. But she has more important things to do right now. It just fuels the rage, doesn't it? She finds Liz and Andrea again and follows them out to the parking lot. They seem to be drunk, or at least unwell, so Maeve offers to drive them home. Along the way, she tells them that she drugged the food in the break room, which they've clearly eaten. I get a good one this time. Maeve drives Liz and Andre to her house and leaves them in the garage while she goes inside and cares for Tallulah and Lester the cat. She comes back, intending to take them down to the cellar, but Andre is too heavy. So she slits his throat, paints herself in his blood, and steals his mouse ears. She then cuts his real ears off and attaches them to the headband, of course. (laughs) After, she carries Liz down to the cellar and places her there amongst the bones of the others there, so she'll see them first whenever she wakes up. Maeve bought several things earlier in the day, including some new zip ties, hooks, a pipe, caulk, acid, a wrench, pliers, and some mice. And now that Liz has woken, she's going to use them. Gideon calls, which fuels her rage even more. She shatters her phone, and then she gives a very dramatic speech about how she and Liz could have been friends. Finally, singing the iconic song for her iconic ice queen, Maeve shoves an acidic pipe with a mouse in it into Liz's personal space. Mm. Yeah. Oof. It's a mouse, get it? (laughs) Close the curtains. Start the day drinking. It's LA, baby. It's LA, baby. I don't know if that applies anymore. It's LA, baby. After cutting up and cooking down body parts, Maeve goes to visit her grandmother. She remembers the time after Tallulah ate her daily breakfast of four almonds and a piece of dark chocolate that she took her down to show her what was in the cellar. Maeve then goes out to hide and wait for the girl who was leaving the dolls. She attempts to lure her by finding one and smashing it, which makes her sick. The girl, who looks a lot like Maeve, finds the broken doll and then Maeve springs and runs after her, but she gets away. As she prowls back home, she sees the band advertisement using Tallulah's image. The band is playing right now. Later, in the band's tour bus, 
listening to one of her favorite Halloween themed songs, which I just need to tell everyone right now, when I got to this part in the book, I was like, oh my fucking God, this is amazing. Because this is also one of my favorite Halloween themed songs. <laughs> it's Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> it's such a good song. So she's listening to Werewolf Bar Mitzvah on repeat as she kills every member of the band in gruesome ways. Drumsticks in the ears, ripping off the jaw of the singer, breaking fingers, biting off tongues, peeling off skin, hacking up penises like hot dogs. Of course. It just goes on and on. When she's done and covered in blood, she takes some brain matter from each of the band members and drops it into several drinks as she walks through the bar. No one questions the fact that she's covered in blood, as it's almost Halloween. It's well, LA, baby. It's LA, baby. Instead of going home, Maeve bar hops. Oh, it's gonna, if she's got covered in dry blood, it's gonna start feeling really itchy and crackly and uncomfortable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. She sees an advertisement on TV for the biggest Halloween party of the year, then checks social media and sees that Gideon and Kate, the hottest brother, sister duo everyone is talking about, are supposed to be there. There is speculation as to who Gideon will be taking as his date. The girl he was supposedly seeing, the girl from the pool, hasn't been seen since, so maybe he's going to go with a model. Maeve is furious. She then goes to her favourite bar, no one else is there as it's just after sunrise, but it's still open and it's just the bartender and Johnny as always, which is very interesting. Maeve drops a handful of teeth into the teeth jar and then has sex with Johnny Depp while he looks at himself smouldering in the mirror. Hmm. I just don't think it's real. <laughs> when she gets it's home It's not a very later. successful bar if it's only Johnny Depp and the no. bar bartender. And I feel like if Johnny Depp was there, people would find out about it and they would be there. Well, maybe it's that the bartender never speaks. So maybe the bartender just doesn't tell anybody that it's Johnny's watering hole. Maybe. And I then he can know. just, you know, sit and drink at 24 hours a day. I just don't think it's real. <laughs> when she gets home later, Maeve plans to get dressed up for the Halloween party, find the doll placing girl, and that, and get her grandmother dressed up since it's their favorite day. Unfortunately, Tallulah is dead. Oh. But Tallulah can never be dead. Maeve feels her presence inside herself, gets them both dressed up beautifully, and goes to eat dinner at their favorite restaurant. Maeve's inner wolf howls, and Tallulah's howls, and Maeve plans on doing terrible things. More terrible things. <laughs> Maeve dresses in her grandmother's famous outfit from that famous picture, a dead playboy bunny and goes to the party looking for Gideon and Kate. Tallulah is inside her, and they twirl and writhe at the party. She dances with Pennywise and Hannibal Lecter and Leatherface and Patrick Bateman and the Joker and Jack Torrance and Michael and Jason and Freddy and Jigsaw. Eventually, she sees Kate dressed as Linda Blair from The Exorcist and director Derek as her priest. 
Kate goes outside and Derek gets a drink from the bar and begins to follow her, but Maeve catches him, drugging her drink, and secretly swaps them. She asks him to meet her in the bathroom, and he agrees. Because he's an asshole. Maeve gives Derek more roofies and sexually zip ties him to a toilet. Sexually. After telling him that he's made a mistake, drugging and abusing Kate, she scoops out his eyeball with a cocaine spoon he wears around his neck. She doesn't want to kill Derek, so Kate can still have her movie and, you know, get everything she wants. So she tells him that if he ever tells anyone what she did, no one's gonna believe him. And then she licks his eye socket. Outside the bathroom, Maeve runs into Kate, who is pissed. She said everyone saw Maeve making out with Derek and taking him into the bathroom. Maeve is confused. She'd never hurt Kate like that, but Kate won't listen to her. She tries to explain. Kate then basically tells Maeve she's pathetic and she's always going to be alone and she's going to wither and die just like her grandmother and that she wants her to stay out of her life forever. (sighs) Burn. That's rough. After several stunned moments alone on the dance floor, Derek must wake up because everyone's screaming to call 911. While everyone is frantic, Maeve spots Gideon across the way, and he's not panicked at all. They go back to Maeve's house. After hours and hours of sex all over the house, they talk. Gideon is happy to be in LA and to be with Maeve. They order food, and he tells her he has something to show her, which he will after they eat. When Maeve goes to the door to retrieve their delivered meal, she's greeted instead by the police, the same ones who visited her after she killed Hilda. They're just checking in, and they're super impressed with her Halloween decorations, which, if you will recall, are actually Hilda's actual bones. They tell Maeve, that Hilda has gone missing, and then ask if Maeve will decorate for them next Halloween. (laughs) Sure! The food finally arrives, and Maeve plans to take it to Gideon, and then they'll eat and have lots more sex. But she can't find him. Then she notices the cellar door is open. (gasps) Maeve remembers going to the cellar with Tallulah for the first time. Tallulah explains that Maeve should never let anyone into the cellar, should never let anyone inside, because no one will ever truly understand her. She is a wolf, and a wolf can only ever be a wolf. Tallulah then introduces Maeve to the bones of her grandfather. Gideon stands in the cellar now, taking in all the bones and bodies that have stacked up over the years. Maeve thinks he won't understand. He starts to say that he suspected something about her, but she doesn't listen. He tries to show her what he brought her, but she won't let him. He says he's not upset, but she doesn't believe him. He says, Maeve, me too, but she ignores him. She hits him with the mace again and again and again until he is silent. After she cleans up, Maeve takes Gideon's clothes up to her room. Inside his pocket... She finds an envelope full of photographs. Photographs of dead bodies. Maeve, me too. Maeve drives to Gideon's house and finds a locked room. Inside it is a body 
and all sorts of creepy fucking doll parts. There's also a completed doll. One with a wolf body and fly wings and a jack-o'-lantern and a little note that says, I see you. Maeve is beside herself. She didn't listen. She didn't hear him when he told her he was like her. And now, here she is, alone. <sighs> Poor Gideon. Womp <laughs> womp. Everyone, let's let's go and close the curtains. Close the curtains. Take a break. Get your day drinking supplies. Mm. And then come back. Is it water or is it vodka? Oh, who can say? It's LA, baby. It's LA, baby. Please remember that Fictional Hangover is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to support the show, become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover, then come back. Your support will help us bring you more spoiler-filled discussions and ridiculous content you know and love. Now, back to the episode. I don't know how to talk about this book. Neither do I. I... I'm going to start with the safe stuff. I'm going to start with the safe stuff. Okay. How stupid are the LAPD? I mean, they've got a reputation, but come on. The bones of a victim are literally... They touched them. Idiots. (laughs) But it's LA. But it's LA, It's LA, baby. She must know a really good prop guy. She, her mother, her grandmother was a movie star. I really enjoyed the Disney ears when they had Andrea's ears attached. I thought that was uh-huh. quite hilarious. Yeah, same. And I, I kind of like the fact that the serial killer thing is running in the family. That was sweet. Yeah. You know, it was a nice bonding moment for Tallulah and Maeve. Yeah. Um, but that cellar, that cellar cannot be hygienic. I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, a lot that's... of stuff that happens in this book feels unhygienic. Yeah. And that's where they keep the wine. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's just nasty. Uh, honestly, Amanda, I don't know what the heck I just read. I really don't. No. Same. And that summary was so, so tame. There wasn't even a mention of the curling iron. I know. The curling iron was... Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow it's the book's graphic it's seriously graphic it's very graphic like I would I feel like I would be more okay talking about it if it wasn't so sexually violent you know just having a good old conversation about it and talking about all the delicious murder but there's a difference between torture and sexual torture yeah there is yeah but I did love that while that was happening, you know, they were, like, getting drunk and playing board games. They were playing Pretty Pretty Princess, and, like, Gideon had Pretty Pretty Princess earrings attached to his nipples while they were playing, uh, while they were torturing a, a girl. 
yeah, the signs were all there that Gideon and Maeve are more similar than she realised. Yeah, I mean... And it was very frustrating that she didn't pick up on them. Yeah, she pulled out his tooth and he was not... didn't even bother him at all. He just, like, smiled, just, like, laughed about it. Like, hey, that's my tooth that you just pulled out. He studied... You know, he he literally cracked the egg conundrum. He did. He cracked the egg in the crack. Uh, and then he cracked the egg in the crack and then other stuff. Yeah. It was there. It was, it was all there the whole he kept time. Telling. He built an entire Halloween torture sex dungeon with a coffin bed for her. Yeah. Yeah. I, Why didn't she I'm listen to him? Now. That was so frustrating. I mean, I she's know... She's in her own head. I know that and she it, was in her own head and it was a little crowded because Tallulah was also in there. And Johnny Depp and a bartender. I swear. I don't even know if the girl leaving the dolls was real. Because she... I thought it was her. Yeah, because it looks a lot like her. Uh-huh. They even went then, so far as to say. But then... She disappears. But then she she doesn't realise that Gideon's the one making the dolls. I think she's just crazy. Well, yes, I mean, that's a given. I like the fact it was left open, ended. Yes. And it was a terrible ending. Yes. Such a good, terrible ending. Yes, she's alone. Oh. Yeah. I like the fact that she is the quote-unquote villain. And we know that from the outset. Yes. We know she's a terrible person. She does terrible things. And it's none of this. Because it's it's not done well often. And I've put, I've read it a few times where it's bad. Where it's like, oh, are they, are, are they the bad guy? Are they, are they the villain? And it's just, it's tedious. Yeah. When you're trying to, when you, you kind of like, well, you you know from page one, this is going to be the bad guy. I'm reading it from the villain's perspective. This is yes. the murderer's perspective. Yes. And it's not until they try and do this really quite crap grand reveal at the final yeah. chapter. And you're like, I knew this from the outset. Why couldn't you just done it as the villain? Yeah. So I really appreciated and liked Mayfly. For that reason. Yes. There was no pussyfooting about. It no. was, she's a terrible person doing terrible things. And she knows she's a terrible person doing grotesque things. Yeah, and also and she unrepentant. doesn't have an excuse for it. She's like, yeah, I just do it because I want to. Exactly. There's no redeeming feature about it. No. And this isn't a road to redemption. No. It's, it's just, it's like a snapshot in her life. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Like, I just kind of wonder where she's going to go next. Because now she's she's realized that, oh, shit, I had someone who actually did understand me and who was okay with it and who was also a murderer. And then I murdered him. So where's she going to go now? What is she going to do? Because she doesn't have Tallulah anymore. She's murdered Gideon. Kate left her. She doesn't have a job. No. She's going to get into the Halloween decorating business. <laughs> Interior design, darling. Yes. It's a big business in LA, baby. Yeah. So, 
She's going to take up residence at the bar next to Johnny Depp and that's it. Yeah. Which may or may not even be real. Be real. I did love the scene, though, where she's having sex with, sex with Johnny Depp and he's just, like, looking at himself in the mirror and, like, brushing his hand through his hair while looking at himself. Because <laughs> that just seems like something that if you were, you know, a psychopath, you would imagine Johnny Depp doing. Yes. Is it really wrong or quite appreciated her singing Let It Go while she's busy torturing Yeah, that was amazing. Liz? I didn't like amazing. what she did to Liz because that made me squirm a bit. But I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it was. Re- it was good. It was. It was very good. I hated Liz. She was awful. She really was. She was such a pain in the butt. Especially because, okay, yeah, Maeve is a psychopath, but she was good at her job. Yeah. And she cared about her job, and she only missed one day, and she only had sex in the tunnels, and was caught once. But like, I'm sorry, but I do not believe for one second that a lot of the cast members have not done that. Yeah, and it's not like she did it during the day, and there were children around. You know, the park was closed. It was in the middle of the night. Was she wearing the costume? Probably not. Probably not. I always knew Cinderella and Snow White were nasty bitches i really enjoyed the scene where she meets them and cinderella is mentioned that like she's probably from somewhere like missouri or arkansas and i was like hey burn (laughs) but uh burn fair fair (laughs) and i know exactly the type of people she's talking about which is true but i like that cinderella's like oops and she you know spills her drink on Maeve and then Maeve just like dead eye stares at her with a creepy fucking smile on her face like yes that's how you handle that I did enjoy that but my favorite scene hands down fingers off penis cut up like hot dogs was the werewolf bar mitzvah tour bus murder because it was so cinematic it really was. And I love Werewolf Bar Mitzvah because it's from one of my favorite TV shows. It's from 30 Rock. It's a joke. It's like 30 seconds on 30 Rock where Trace, it's Tracy Morgan and he's yes. talking about the his popular song that he did. And it's Werewolf Bar Mitzvah and it looks like Thriller, but it's just a song about a werewolf having a bar mitzvah. And then he's start singing too much about bar mitzvahs because then they made the whole song and Donald Glover was involved in it and he just starts singing about everything that happens at a bar mitzvah and he's like oh yeah I forgot the werewolf part and then he starts adding in all these monsters and it's a monster fight and the song is ridiculous I love it (laughs) so much and it's like it's one of those things that like you don't think anyone else even knows about or remembers about like it's just happens. everybody remembers 30 rock everybody it's I love iconic it i need to so rewatch much. 30 rock you know i really do it's been too long since i've seen it 
we are currently in a rewatch, which I think is hilarious because we started rewatching it before I read this book. And I was like, oh my God, Jacob Werewolf Bar Mitzvah is in this book. And he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's been too long. It's been years since I've seen 30 Rock. I think I'm going to have to do a rewatch. I love it so much. Oh, I so am good. Liz Lemon. It's so good. <laughs> I know all the time. Oh, amazing! But amazing. that's that's my favorite scene. It was so good, and then she just goes into the bar afterward and like puts brain in everybody's drink as she's walking by. It's a little it's nobody batting an eyelid that she's covered in blood. Well, because it's Halloween. Ah, oh, well. Or the yeah. day before. It's LA baby. It's LA baby. But I love also that this book takes place. Halloween because that's my favorite and there's the teeth jar like if I was just a little bit more unhinged I would be frightened of myself if the- you were a little bit more unhinged you would have American Psycho and Mayfly right next like each other on your bookshelf you'd have a fit of rage destroy your room suddenly see American Psycho and Mayfly and go huh I need to go on a spree but I will never do that. Listeners, I will never do that. For legal reasons, Amanda will never do that. She will. No! I will not <laughs> ever be a murderer, okay? As much as I love to be the villain, it's it's only fake. It's only fiction. Anyway. I honestly don't know what else I can say about this book without us going a little bit too more gra- like a little too graphic. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was fun though. It, it was, was an absolutely wild ride. Yes, it was completely and bonkers. If you can, if you can tolerate, I don't know if it's necessary. The feels like a harsh word. But if you can tolerate the sexual torture that is involved, and it is graphic, it does details. It does. Um, then I highly recommend. And yes. the audiobook is very well the done. The audiobook is amazing. And it's so it is it is very worth And like there's lot up. there's lots of stuff lots of small details that we didn't include in the summary because it's tiny small details, but it's really funny too. Oh, lots it's, of hilarious things happen. But as I was as I was reading it, I was like, this feels like it would be a really perfect like black comedy movie or TV series. Yeah. Like it knows exactly what it is. It's unrepentant. But it's not serious. Yeah. I would also I may also answer some of the questions about what was in her head, like the bar, like the girl she kept seeing with the doll and what was real. Yeah. And, you know, did she definitely kill her parents? I think she did. I think she did? I think she did, because she's like, things things ended badly. And then when she kills Hilda, it specifically mentions this is her third kill. Yes. And she's, I agree. she's come to live with Tallulah because things went badly with her parents. Yeah. I do want to know who the grandfather was. I know. Like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to just, like, go back in time 
And <gasps> I would love Tallulah's story. Yeah, Tallulah's story would be really great. But like, I, I could imagine that if we looked back, like in actual Hollywood real time, we could probably find an actor who disappeared around that timeline and we can figure out who the grandfather was meant to be because i bet there's a real person that it could have been oh definitely i agree interesting it is a mystery but you know it may not have been reported correctly because it's la baby it's la baby Did you have a favourite character, by the way? Like, Oh, Gideon. I loved Gideon. Gideon. I loved him because he was so bonkers as well. But he was also smart. You know, he read he read Maeve's book, which was in German. And she was like, you read that? And he's like, yeah. What? What, you don't read like 17 million languages? You read four? Ugh, but that's also something that I appreciated about... Maeve and Kate is they are multilingual as well, which makes them a good fit for working at the theme park that shall not be named with the mouse ears and the ice princess and Cinderella. I thought that was done really well as well, because obviously you can't mention Elsa. You can't say Elsa yet because Elsa's not, you know, in the public domain yet, but you can say Cinderella and Snow White but it didn't seem like they were doing that on like she was doing that on purpose Uh it was really well done and I'm sorry that I'm gesturing so much with this creepy fucking doll but I just like it so Patreon it's a new sidekick it's delightful yes (laughs) and all of our Patreon viewers can can Offer suggestions for its name. Yes. Please name this creepy fucking doll. Apparently I like can't be Timothy Fluffanutta. Fluff no. I also, I really liked all the creepy fucking dolls too. And how they were made with, you know, other, other toys cut up and put back together. I really liked that. Like, I've done that as a library program before, minus the straight up murder value of it. <laughs> Yeah, because we didn't do that. But we don't do the murder value in the, the local mm-hmm. library. No, no. But we do have craft services. Yes, we have made scary toys for Halloween. Franken dolls, Franken toys, and you cut up the toys and you put them back together. It's really fun. Also, zombie That's Barbies. Sad. Kind of, yeah. Anyway, um, did you have a favourite character? I don't know. I mean, I do appreciate Gideon. Uh, I don't... I don't... I'm going to say no. It might be controversial, but I'm going to say no. No one character particularly stood out for me um, because they're all stupid, annoying, or batshit local. Yeah. And, yeah... Possibly, possibly one of the Franken toys. Yeah. 
I feel like Kate would have been good until she stopped being friends with me. Oh, her flip out and the it made me think Maeve's obviously seen something in Kate's gestures, eyes, whatever that yeah. wasn't really there. Yeah, it's all Gideon, and I don't know. Would I like it if Kate wasn't necessarily a murderer, but understood those darker impulses and just kind of like that's fine, let it go. Do you want to build a snowman? And it's a human head. They're rolling up in a. Don't know what using for the current noise. Curling iron. Curling iron. Or a penis. I did appreciate that she was like, you know what it feels like cutting up a penis? It's kind of like cutting a hot dog. Okay. Okay. Um, and and you know this how? I don't know, but I like it. And I'm afraid of what that says about me as a human. But I don't care because I like no, it. No, we've said it before though. We've already said it. It's not that you're liking... It's, you're, you're enjoying the horror behind a fictional story. You wouldn't do it yourself and you don't condone people doing it in real life. No. That's not okay. Exactly. But fiction. We didn't read true crime. We read fiction. Yes. There's a big difference. There is. Were you surprised by anything? That this book even exists at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised by everything. I I remember when we recommended it on one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this sounds really good. And I think it was... Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember what it's called. The one with the dystopian... Like Disney World, where she's yes, the, the kingdom, the kingdom. Yes, yeah. so I'm sure it was that episode Probably. because it had something to do with Disney princesses. Yeah, and I remember going, "This sounds really good." You know, Disney princess meets Jason Bateman. Yeah, how fantastic! <laughs> Patrick Bateman, not Jason Bateman. J- Jason <sighs> Bateman is a delightfully precious actor. That well, is he? Oh, could he be Tallulah? But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I just thought of something that actually surprised me. Hold on. Back up a second. I find it surprising that sweet, precious, adorable Josh Winning was like, yeah, you need to read this book. I loved it. Like, no. Oh, no. He's, a, he's twisted. He yes. is. But he was also precious and amazing, and I loved him. I'm not surprised one bit that he suggested that we need to read but I, fly. Yeah. I'm just surprised that this exists. Yeah. Like everything in it I was not expect from the blurb. I should have known, you know, with the American Psycho link. Should have known. Yeah. But I think I went in a bit too naively. Yes. I didn't think it would go to the ex- the lengths that the, the extremes that it did. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I didn't expect that. I don't know. I just won those things. Um, but I'm glad that it exists in the world, and I'm glad that it was a female, yes. per, like protagonist doing all these things because yeah. women can be psychos too, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's my biggest surprise that this exists. Yeah. And 
I'm delighted by that at the same time. I would quite love to see it as a movie. I think it would be amazing. I think it would be fun. But it would probably fade to black during the curling iron scene. It would either fade to black or you'd get like a close up of like her psycho eyes or something. You know, it would yeah. or you'd you know, you'd turn around and you'd just see like shadows. It, you wouldn't see the actual yeah. things, which is fine. Or I'm not I'm not that's not a kind of horror that I don't need to see torture as no. on a horror movie. I'm not no. into that. But if like there is the scene where, you know, they're like at, at a pool table and she's like tied up to the pool table or whatever and I just like if there was just a curling iron in the background and you'd be like oh you know yeah yeah and you yeah. would know I think it would be amazing I also don't need to see the egg scene I don't want to see the egg scene I don't want no. anything to do with that egg scene no it kind of put me off eggs for a couple of days if I'm honest I did I like I, put, I think I've gone off eggs again I did like how angry she got just thinking about it. It was a frustrating frustrating conundrum that Gideon was able to solve. In German. In German. And we appreciate that. We do. Thank you, Gideon. Yes. May you rest in pieces. His bones are in in the murder cellar now. They are. I think we should move on to Would You Rather. Yes, probably the best. Would you rather? We asked, would you rather be Disney royalty, a professional athlete, or a movie star? On Facebook, 60% said Disney princess, well, Disney royalty. 10% said professional athlete. And 30% said movie star. On Instagram... 62% 62% said Disney royalty, zero for athletes, <laughs> and 38% for movie star. Threads, it was actually the opposite. It was 67% for movie star, 33% for Disney royalty, and zero for athletes. So nobody's been sporty. Um, there were no responses to the vote on TikTok because TikTok is an ass when it comes to multiple options. Yeah, does not allow that. But that's okay. That's fine. We do have a couple of comments. Brie on Facebook said, I'm poised to show off my happily ever after to the masses and hang out with all my best role model friends. Erin on Facebook said, at least 75% of being an athlete is recovering. Long baths, rest, a lot of food. I'll take it. Ignore the intense exercise part and we'll be fine. (laughs) Lydia on Facebook said, I'm going to skip this one. Lydia was listening to this book when (laughs) this post came out, and she was violently opposed to everything about it while cackling madly listening to it. (laughs) She loves it, but in the the same way we do. We love it, but we don't endorse it. <laughs> like yeah. the actions. We endorse the book. Yeah. Yeah. Glim Glam Jen on Instagram says, Disney royalty. I already sing songs and dance randomly. Think I'm on a quest. Give off main character energy. And I'd sell my house for a talking animal sidekick. <laughs> you do need a you talking have, animal you, sidekick. 
you just need your little weird doll now to start talking. Yeah. That could be your weird sidekick. Yeah. It reminds me of um, in Unfamiliar when she son has the half taxidermied lizard. Yes. I love him. <laughs> and finally, on Headzilla on Threads said, I'll have to go movie star. The world is so much more forgiving of movie stars, so I wouldn't have to censor my past Twitter ramblings. Plus, there's all the sex, drugs and rock and roll I can handle, which the other two kind of frowned upon. It's true. To which I say to Hedda, sex, drugs and rock and roll or naps? Naps. naps. I know they would as well. So what are you doing? Um, I'm not being an athlete. It's far too much hard work. I don't want to be a Disney princess because I think my face would hurt. Yeah. My my physicality is not Disney princess. Your boobs are too big. My boobs are too big. My tummy is too round and my height is too short. And also, there's like literally one child in this world that I like. And I don't want to be around the other ones. Yeah. Sticky fingers. So I'm going to be a movie star, darling. Except the directors will bend to my will. Or you'll pop out their eyeball. I'll pop out their eyeballs and lick the space. I wish that I could be a Disney villain. Because as we've discussed many times, many episodes. Oh yeah, Disney villain all the way. Yeah. I kind of think that I wouldn't mind being an athlete. Because I'd be in better shape. And, like, they don't play their sports year-round, you know, at least, like, like the televised ones and stuff like that. I mean, you they do. They practice every day. They practice day. all the time. But, you see, this is what, with a movie star, not only do you get the personal trainer for your roles. Yeah. But you get to be a chameleon and learn, learn other skills as well. It's true. I'm not doing it the way Kate did it. No, don't sleep your way to the top. And then become an abused actor. Yeah. Can I be like a professional bowler? I don't think that would be too... I don't think that would be too stressful. Archery would be good. You don't want to play like soccer, football, basketball. No. I don't want to do any of that. No, no. I want to be a professional bowler. I don't have any like standards... Any way that I need to look. No, I'm imagining a big Lebowski situation where you just yeah. turn up in your bathrobe at certain points. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like that's it. what I'll do. Okay. <laughs> I would rather be a villain, though. Yes. But that wasn't that one of the happen. options. No. But technically, I mean, technically, I am looking. I guess right now, I am looking at a Disney snow globe, which is a villain's snow globe in front of me. Yeah. And... The Wicked Queen is royalty. That's true. That is true. It could could be royalty. We just said Disney royalty. That's true. Okay. Yzma takes over for a little while. Yes. Yzma is underappreciated. She's the best one of them all. (laughs) And Ursula is... In the live action version, the sister of the king? 
I have not seen the live action version. It does not so, appeal to me. That... The live action versions of all the Disney movies do not appeal to me, and I've seen a good chunk of them. I, did and I like... do not like the majority of them. I liked Beauty and the Beast. That was okay. And I liked Mulan, even though it didn't I didn't have Mulan. the songs. I like Mulan. Mulan is underappreciated, yes. actually. Mulan was very it, good. And there it was wasn't like a an... carbon copy. No, and there was the evil dark shadow witch. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I liked it, because it wasn't a freaking carbon copy of an animated yeah. movie that's much better. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's move away from this commentary about Disney movies. Okay. <laughs> that could be an entire episode. It could be an entire <laughs> podcast. Yes. Would you rather keep your bones in the cellar or use them as decorations? I mean, I feel like I need to go for option C, which is I'll use them for decorations during the holiday period of spoopy season. Store but them then in the cellar? store them in the cellar. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, the grandfather was like, I feel like he was probably like in a, in a chair. Like his bones just are like in an easy chair oh, or no, something. Oh, no, I think he was just slumped in the corner. But the grandma, when she was put down, she was in a she chair. She was no, she was on a daybed. She on the daybed. She was on a daybed. It's just this weird family tableau in the cellar where the family are born. Yeah, I almost feel like it would be set up eventually as like a living space, and it's just you know. Like this. Put a tree up at Christmas. Yeah, and there's like a dining room table, and there's a skeleton at the dining room table. Thanksgiving, we set the meal, mm-hmm. we set the table mm-hmm. with cornucopia as a centerpiece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what was in my head, if I'm honest. Next but, question. Well, oh, I don't. No? I don't know that I answered that one. I okay. I do, I, I do like the idea of using the skeletons as decorations, but if it's set up all year long as a living space in the cellar, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, yeah. Next question. Would you rather... <laughs> would you rather cut a penis, <laughs> pop out an eyeball, or hack off a jaw? <laughs> uh. I want to pop out an eyeball. He didn't die. It's fine. Oh, we're not talking about like people surviving or not. That that that's irrelevant. This is you right. Know, yeah. I don't really want to cut a penis because uh, the penis could be dirty. Yeah, and it probably like... hacking off a jaw seems really hard. Yeah. I'm gonna pop out an eyeball. You can take the left. I'll take the right. Okay, we should pop them both out. Yeah. Leave them dangling. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> Would you rather only listen to Billie Holiday or only listen to Halloween music? This is not a question. Halloween music, 100%. Why are you asking me this? Because if I didn't, it would be like, would you rather put a no, mouse no, in a no, coo? No, no, <laughs> no. Excuse or... me, that's the one I suggested to you and you said no. I suggested shove a mouse in a cooch and you went no. 
And I was like, well, you sure? didn't provide a second half. But did I need to pick any of the torture? Curling iron. Would you rather have an acid, acidic pipe and then a mouse shoved up your cooch? Or would you rather have a curling iron up there and it turned on? Well, if you turn it on... It's bad either way. It's bad either way. You know, and if we didn't no, involve... Neither. Neither. If we neither. didn't... We can't have that kind of grotesqueness. No, we can't. It's just not it's That's just not, not right. an answerable question. It's not. We, we, we have purposely avoided the overly sexual stuff because it's inappropriate yeah and it's halloween music <laughs> yes it's werewolf bar mitzvah all the time yes. the last, last question, question involves the curling iron and it involves a boiled egg after reading this book you <laughs> never would you rather never eat another soft boiled egg or never use a curling iron again Look, I'm fine with the not ever doing both. Yeah. I can live without both. <laughs> when I was little, I went off eggs because I was convinced I was going to find a baby chicken. <laughs> oh. Absolutely 100% convinced it was going to happen. I was going to have a bit of beak or it was going to be like a bit of foot or wing or something. I was absolutely 100% convinced. And I struggled with eggs every time. And I loved scrambled egg as a kid. I'm fine with it now. I made scrambled egg for my kid tonight. Oh. For his tea. Did you enjoy it while you were... I was cracking the eggs and I was talking to my husband and I was going, if this was soft boiled, it could go... (laughs) It's just thinking about, like, the yolk running. No. I don't like runny yolks. I don't like runny yolks at the best of times. I'm saying that I don't mind poached eggs, <laughs> but like I don't like I don't like fried eggs like with the runny yolks. And I'm, I've gone off dippy eggs. I, I'm <laughs> fine with a a runny yolk if the white is not. The white has to be done. Oh God, yes. The the white. Oh no, if the white's runny as well, that's not cooked properly in my book. No. No. I can't look at eggs right now properly. No, like I'm I looking don't. at them Mm-mm. and I've cooked with them obviously. Mm-mm. But I'm looking Mm-mm. at them and going oh. And I don't have a curling iron. I've got like a mine already it looks like a it looks like a sex toy if I'm perfectly honest. It's one where you kind of like feed the hair in, it twists itself and then let go. Yeah. I've got hair straighteners and I yeah. I will admit to giving them a funny look. Yeah. Yeah, and I go, and <laughs> kind of clip them, click, click, click a few times, and I was like, no, 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 no. Let's close nah. the curtains and let's day continue drink. with the day drinking. Yeah, you can't blame okay. for this. No, favorite final thought quote. Move on, move on. Okay, I'm just gonna give you a couple. I really like this one because it was like, yeah, yeah, feminism. Men have always been permitted in fiction and in life to simply be what they are, no matter how dark or terrifying that might be. But with a woman, we expect an answer, a reason. 
And I really like that because, yeah. as we've said, Maeve has no reason. We're not going to get an answer. She is what she is and she is unrepentant about it. Yes. And we aren't demanding us as readers, and it may be that we are female readers, we are not demanding answers. We have not no, got no expectations of finding a reason why she's doing this. Yeah. And I don't think once we've even said, why is she doing this? Nah. It's not important. Nope. So I really, I really like that quote. And my other one is life is fleeting and meaningless and crying to be seized from behind and fucked into obscurity. That's very good. What are yours? At first, I was drawn to illicit, banned, or subversive books because they were just that. Same. Same. I feel for him. As much as I ever feel for anyone. (laughs) She's dead inside. I knew you'd go for that one. (laughs) The rage. So much more real than the blood inside me. So much more powerful than love or fear or death. Rage. 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 (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I also really like it is time, my girl, to learn to play pretend. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay. If you liked this, try this. What are you gonna suggest? Um The Salt Goes Heavy by Cassandra Cole, which I have somewhere. It's a good one. I like Cassandra Cole. It's over here somewhere. Yeah. I do have it. Um, I picked it up ages ago, like, and we have covered um, Cassandra Cole before. We have. And it was really good. And it I think. It was. I, I would like to cover this one um, next year at one of our new book club themes, which we'll yes. be announcing soon, soon because it's November and you need yes. to know what they are. <laughs> yes. So you can plan. Yes. Because we already have. We, we got a head start. Oh, yeah. Know? That's our privilege. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is some from Goodreads. A razor sharp and bewitching fairy tale of discovering the darkness in the world and the darkness within oneself. You may think you know the fairy tale goes, a mermaid comes to shore and weds the prince. But what the fables forget is that mermaids have teeth. And now her daughters have devoured the kingdom and burned it to ashes. On the run, the mermaid is joined by a mysterious plague doctor with a darkness of their own. Deep in the eerie, snow-crusted forest, the pair stumble upon a village of ageless children who thirst for blood, and the three saints who control them. The mermaid and her doctor must embrace the cruelest parts of their true nature if they hope to survive. I like the fact it's um, the fairy tale connection with Mm -hmm. the princesses, but also it's the inner darkness Mm -hmm. and the potential violence that's going to take place so it's not a direct but it's got certain themes that will are not hashtag 10 years links right well and it's by cassandra carr who is another famous short shorter horror full of bonkers craziness yes 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 it's good what have you got 
I'm going to suggest Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric <laughs> Loraka. Have you read this one? No, I'm just thinking that's a very appropriate... Uh, I don't think I have. But uh, yeah, it sounds like a very appropriate title for a recommendation following me. <laughs> See, I have I've read it. And I also read The Salt Grows Heavy. These all very good. Very good suggestions. So, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. Sadomasochism, obsession, death. A whirlpool of darkness churns at the heart of a macabre ballet between two lonely young women in an internet chat room in the early 2000s. A darkness that threatens to forever transform them once they finally succumb to their most horrific desires. And this is my favorite line that occurs in the story. What have you done today to deserve your eyes? Oh, oh, it's a good one. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Oh, fetch just the eyeball spoons. No, it's a good one, though. Nice. Right, is it possible? Is there any way we have a new indie spotlight that isn't remotely appropriate given Mayfly? Yes, whoa, and we just got it. Really? Oh. They sent an email with this and they were like, you know, hey, you know, just wondering if, you know, you have any interest in this. And I was like, this is perfect because we're about to have a Mavefly episode and I am so excited to share this. And it's also perfect timing because this book, as of day of release, has just come out yesterday. Ah. Perfect timing all the way around. And also... Chef's kiss. Also, I will note that there are two covers for this book. One oh. is, like, explicit, and the other one is censored. So, oh. if that just tells you a little bit right there. Give me the title. I'm going on Google. Okay. It's called Saint Grit by Kaylee Scholes. One brooding summer, Nadine Boone pricks herself on a poisonous manchinel tree in the Florida backcountry. Upon self-orgasm, Nadine conjures a witch that she calls Saint Grit. Saint Grit grows inside of Nadine over three decades, wreaking repulsive havoc on a suspicious cast of characters in a small town known as Sugar Bends. Okay. You, I only think I'm getting the explicit one off a cover. Oh. Well. Which is nice. Claire, if you're interested in following up, <laughs> we have this book in our email if you need to read it. Oh. It was a Kickstarter. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And like, we just got it a few days ago and I'm like, holy fucking shit. How perfect is this? We get really lucky sometimes. That is, oh, we do. We really do. Yeah. That is absolutely spotty dog. That's that's absolutely spot on. Right? It's amazing. 
Sounds bravo. great. Bravo. Bravo to the people who sent us that. Thank you. Yes. Also, yeah. get out of our heads. Really? Right? I can't remember the name of the publisher. It's Ghoulish something. Ghoulish books. Ghoulish books. Yes. And I was like, yeah. Heck yes. Gladly share this with everyone. Okay, so I think the difference between the explicit and the non-explicit is the inclusion of leaves to cover the nips and the cooch area. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The and devil looks very satisfied with his um lunch. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. <laughs> and I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss 16 Souls by Rosie Talbot. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok and YouTube at fictionalhangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.